good morning. Uh, first of all, to that, uh, I, the critics would say he's throwing gas on the fire. Uh, others would say he's bringing attention and elevating the profile of an already high-profile trial. What say you? What, if anything, does Al Sharpton add to the proceedings down there, other than some degree of interest? Well, they have been trying to focus the national attention on this trial uh, for weeks, frankly, bringing in uh, activists from across the country. He's just the latest and uh, likely the most high profile of the activists they've brought in. The first week of jury selection, we had 100, 150 activists literally from across the country on the courthouse lawn every day. So he is a continued effort um, brought in specifically by Ahmad Arbery's parents, who asked him to come to the trial for at least one day, and he lived up to that promise he gave them, apparently. Uh, in terms of what Brunswick is doing and how Brunswick is dealing, so we'll get to the specifics of testimony such as we have had to this point. Tell me a little bit about Brunswick, though, uh, and how Glenn County is, is as a community dealing with this, something they don't get every day. What are they, what are they doing? It's been eerily quiet, to be quite frank with you. Once those protesters, uh, a lot from Atlanta, from Philly, from Houston, from New York, once they all left after that first week, there's only been a handful, 15 or so local residents who uh, are out at the courthouse every day. Now, because of COVID, nobody, only very few people, maybe five or six people total, including the media from the public, can get into the courtroom except for those directly involved. So I think that word is spread. But uh, this town has been very, very quiet. Nothing going on. Um, there's a couple of roads blocks down by the courthouse, the local uh, courthouse annex where you go to get your pay your taxes and your tags and all that. That has been closed for the trial because they were worried that there'd be such a turnout around the courthouse that things would be flooded down there. That has not been the case. The The sheriff even paid for and set up a stage with a sound system and everything in an open uh, lot across the street from the courthouse for protesters to go to and to make themselves known over there. There hasn't been enough protesters for that. Even that has sat empty for the last month. All right, Tony Thomas, uh, Channel 2 Action News, covering the proceedings down there in Brunswick. I mentioned this earlier. You're never going to read far into any story about this trial, at least to this point, without tripping over that part about the jury and the jury composition. Al Sharpton right. made note of it there. Uh, the response to that uh, and the impact that it, and this calls for speculation, obviously, the impact it could have on the trial, the impact it could have on a verdict and what happened after a verdict yeah it could and it, the biggest impact may be after that verdict um whichever way it goes but i've said through every moment of jury selection every moment of this uh testimony in this trial and let me tell you of all the trials i've covered over the years from death penalty all the way down to minor misdemeanor cases this was the first case where almost to a person now they they questioned um close to 600 of the 1,000 potential jurors uh, that they had brought in to get to this jury pool. Probably 90, 95% of them in any other case could have been excused or would have been excused. Everybody knew of this case, formed an opinion. So on that relevance, it's not unlikely that a lot of people were excused in this case, as the judge said highly suspicious, um, met his prima facie case, as he worded it, that there was um, shenanigans, I'll put it, 
on the defense team selection of who they rejected for this jury. But when he, by Georgia law, he called on them one by one, the defense attorneys, to defend their position on each of the 11 African-Americans uh, they used their preemptory strikes on. And legally, they could give a sound enough reason of why they did it to reject them from the jury. Now, public perception is probably not going to fly. And it'll be very interesting how this turns out. Now, let's talk about one other part of this. Uh, that that I, I, you, You've covered a lot of trials over the years. I don't know how many of these you have seen. Where in, certainly in a murder case, you're trying three people simultaneously. What does that do to the dynamic of this thing? That has slowed this thing down tremendously. I've, called, I've covered a couple where there's you know, been a couple of defendants at a time. But usually they're severed off, as they call them. They're mm-hmm. each given a separate trial. That's almost automatic. Nobody asked for that in this trial. So they're all three there, which on the basic rudimentary level, uh, Tim, you've got, if one witness is called up, you've got the prosecution that questions him, and then you've got three sets of lawyers <laughs> that come in and question them, and then they all get another round if they have any more questions. One witness, which would normally be really quick on the stand, takes forever. And then if one lawyer has an objection, Maybe two or three lawyers have an objection. They may not be the same objection. <laughs> it has just slowed things down uh, tremendously. Yeah, you reported also, on it earlier this week. I met Arbery's mother griping about the pace of the testimony here. Yeah. The Arbery's think the defense team is doing this specifically and by a plan to kind of delay the trial. And they wonder if they're trying to get a hung jury by confusing the jury out of all this. Uh, no evidence directly of that, but that is... That is their belief. This also has a very big impact on what evidence is being presented. Now, because of the Sixth Amendment and every defendant has the right, if somebody comes in court and accuses you, Tim, of doing something wrong, you have the right under the Constitution to be able to confront them, to question them in court before you're convicted or tried of that crime. Well, if Roddy Bryant, when he interviewed with police on the body cams, and he said, oh, Greg McMichael or Travis McMichael did this, well, that can't be entered in court because we don't know if Roddy's going to testify. We don't know if Travis or Greg or their lawyers are going to be able to question Roddy about Mm. that. So normally all the body cam videos, all the police interviews that are videotaped, in a normal trial, those would just be played for the jury. Here's what they said. In this trial, that can't happen. So you got the detectives up there reading transcripts of what some of the suspects said, specific lines from these transcripts, lines that don't impact the other defendants. It's very much impacting this trial and definitely slowing it down. Uh, Tony Thomas, Channel 2, covering this trial in Brunswick. Any, for lack of a better way to ask the question, any bombshell moments to this point uh, in, in, in testimony prosecution laying out its case now? Any bombshells yet? Not so far. In the... Now, part of it, from my viewpoint, is I've been through almost all this evidence over the past few months, so I know what's coming for the most part. But the defense, give them credit. They have been able to poke holes in the fact that, uh, you know, this was a coordinated attack. Prosecution has been able to definitely lay out that Ahmaud Arbery has never been accused in this instance of committing any crime. And that's the basis for the defense that they thought he was committed a crime. They had a legitimate reason to believe he was doing it, and that's why they took out after him. Uh, those are going to be the two key points as this trial 
comes down into its final runway of what the jury believes. Now, which quickly we think is going to be when, uh, how much longer you think you have to deal with this? That is a good question. <laughs> Last night, the judge uh, told the lawyers he doesn't even want to talk about that yet. The lawyers in jury selection told the potential jurors they hoped, and that's the key word, hoped to have this their part wrapped up by November 19th, which is the uh, week from Friday, the Friday before Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, that was well before jury selection took two and a half weeks. Sure. So yeah. who knows for sure. I, I'll put it this way. A lot of the media down here is uh, rebooking their hotels and their uh, – <laughs> Airbnbs to pass Thanksgiving. All right, Tony Thomas, Channel 2 Action News, covering this trial in Brunswick. Thanks for your time this morning. No problem.